This is Jade, the executive producer of the Back to Back podcast. A couple messages before we begin today's Basketball Buds show, which is very good. Uh, if you're looking for the Bomb podcast, uh, which usually airs on Monday, it is now in its own channel. Uh, if you search your favorite podcast platforms, BOMM or Black Opinions Matter, hopefully it'll be there. If not, it should be there soon. I know it's on Apple Podcasts. Please uh, subscribe, rate, and review. That would be greatly appreciated. If you can't find it, reach out to me um, on the DMs on Twitter at Jade underscore Hoy or on Patreon or on the Discord. Hopefully, uh, we'll, we'll be able to populate as many of those as possible. Also, our new sponsor, FanDuel, is offering you $5 if you sign up now. Uh, at fanduel.com forward slash B2B. And every Wednesday, you'll be able to play with us in a weekly challenge with all the fans. Uh, it's a $5 entry. But if you sign up using our URL, fanduel.com forward slash B2B, you will be able to get $5 in your bank and play with us at least once for free. Uh, and you'll be helping out the show greatly. Uh, so please, 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 I encourage you to do that and help out the show. And one last thing, uh, The Daily Ding is a, a short little podcast we've been doing every night, recapping the night in the NBA, uh, hosted by the great Zach Harper, the Ding Master, champion, MVP. And uh, it's a really fun, fun little show uh, that we've been doing. It's very short, 20 minutes. It's usually up very early in the morning, uh, and it's recapping last night in the NBA. So uh, you can search the Daily Ding for that, or uh, Count the Dings might also bring it up in your favorite podcast platform. And now, the Basketball Buds. The fake news. It's fake. Australian shampoo that saved my hair. So I'm guessing it grew it back. Oh my god. It was Jade, unbelievable. Nobody believes the story. You haven't even told it yet. I have a picture of it. I swear to god, if this is you in a toupee. <laughs> no, no, no. And then I lost track of it and it just all went to hell. Who's this green point? I'm guessing it's still there. Right on the main avenue there. So Greenpoint in Manhattan. So I yeah. think it would have been Manhattan Ave. There's just like there was this Polish <clears throat> Whole Foods style kind of like market. It's been there, you know, when I moved in in '98 or whatever. And they had it. It was like a botanical kind of like shampoo. Used it. Hair was thickening up. I was just amazed. It was a miracle yeah. product. And then, and then I. Uh, it sounds like the plot to a bad Kevin James movie. <laughs> I moved. I moved for some inexplicably. I moved to Fort Greene for for no reason at all. I was like, I need a change, so I moved to Fort Greene. But I was like, the worst move ever. But it ended up getting me out of the city, so that was good. It. I lost the shampoo. I wonder when I look back, which route should I have gone? The full right. head of hair or. Family, father of three. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because there's that no was, way you could have done both. That was kind of what 
That's kind of where it split. <laughs> um, that was the our, splitting point. For our Australian listeners, if you can find a magic shampoo from your country that will regrow hair, please send it to Count the Dings LLC. This was back when these products were first coming out. Like no oh, like crazy brill cream? additives, like you know, Rogaine? chemicals. Did you ever it try was, the Rogaine? What about I Hims? I did. I did use Rogaine, and it was it was fun. I used to have. Check Hims this is out. Not a sponsor, so we're not going to talk about them yet. But if they want to sponsor the podcast, I'd be happy to wax poetically I, about I, them. I started losing my hair, you know, early in my teens. I mean, mid-teens, and then into my teens, I started trying out uh, Rogaine or or the generic version. Okay. When I was in my early twenties, I'd have my mom get it for me because I was too too embarrassed to buy it. <laughs> So every like couple of months, I'd, I'd call my mom and be like, you mind picking up some? <laughs> it was like, it was, uh, it was an awful, awful, awful experience losing your hair. It's terrible. It's terrible. There's nothing. I had no emotions about it. Oh, I hated it. I could not stand it. When did you guys know? I started shaving my head when I was like, I don't know, 13, like with a big razor. Because oh. I mean, you know, I played basketball. I loved Michael Jordan. I have a nice shaped head yeah, uh, back when back when i was hooping every day every night i guess um i, I always buzz my hair right because i just I had, didn't like i didn't like having hair on the court yeah it's a mess and then I, I had a buzz cut growing up so it wasn't really that big of a departure and uh and then i shaved my head you know well into my 20s and then you know you just start to realize oh wow there's not as much to shave there um i just i kind of it's just going a lot quicker than normal yeah, I, I kind of just wish I didn't have to shave. Like, it, I wish it would just all be gone, so I don't have to do this every couple of days, right? I mean, not that it's that much time, but it is like four or five minutes of, of my. Gotta get that laser hair removal. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that. Wait, that's wait, probably Dave, very expensive. Dave, were you uh, like in that Seinfeld episode of the guy who shaved his head and then grows it back and realizes he's bald? Is that what happened with you? I mean, I guess kind of, kind of. You were I don't thinking, know. You were, you were thinking you had it still, and then all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, oh, that's a shock. Uh, but I mean, it's been ten years. Since oh, you I know what happened? Oh, you know what? You know what was damaging to me? Freshman year? No, no, was it freshman year? Uh, I think it was freshman year. My hockey hazing, where they buzz your hair. So I never quite recovered from that. That was a shame. Interesting. Look yeah. at all this. I'm looking at all this hair right now. <laughs> so, if you're in high school, listen it's to the show. <clears throat> Find that Australian shampoo. No, and you're facing down a uh, you know like one of these ha- ha- sport hazing rituals they do. You're not going to be a professional athlete. You're going to have to live with your right. hair for the rest of your life. Get out of the sport. Oh uh, wow! <laughs> Give up it's on your dreams, it. kids. It's, it's not, not worth it. it. Uh, well, is your hairline strong, right? My headline is moderate. It's not. It's, it's, not, it's not, like, not Mariano, but it's not a meme. No, right, right, right. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm living in between those two spaces, but you know, I'm fine. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I've come to peace with it. Right. Right. Uh, are we waiting for Tom, or can we go? No, uh, I'm not I, doing TV time here. No, no, no. Okay. That's fine. I just wanted to create a little bit of a buffer so it was closer than 20. Well, so you, know, you know what we should talk about is this live show, January okay. 12th, Bootleg Theater, Los Angeles, California. Tickets are almost gone. 
and they and they haven't even opened up to the general public yet. Today's Tuesday when we're recording. It's available to our $5 Patreon subscribers. Wednesday, the general public gets to get a crack at these tickets, but there may not be any left by then. So you got to get in there. You got to don't. And all right, listeners, don't hit Jade with your sob stories. The rest of us are sick of dealing with it. Okay, Jade will do it. Jade will Jade will hear you out. But then we're going to try to convince him not to hear you out. So not this. Oh, I was sick. I didn't get a chance to log on with my, you know, AOL account or whatever. None of that stuff. All right. We're not we're not doing that. Don't hit him with the DMs with these sad stories. Get in there. Be proactive. Go buy tickets. We've been telling you that they're going on sale. They're on sale. If you want to cut the line, you become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash count the dings. Ten dollar subscribers got it first crack at it. Then eight dollar, then five dollar, then general public. But January 12th, Bootleg Theater, Los Angeles, California. We're all going to be there. We're going to have special guests. We're going to have a great time. I, I think we slightly underestimated the uh, venue size. Oh, did we? Well, I mean, we probably did, should have done something like we did in New York, which was 350 or four. What is this, 250? 250, yeah. Yeah. And then with all the additionals, it'll be three. That's Waz, not my dog, by the no, way. No, this is, that's Ted. That's, that's yeah. Ted. Yeah, was you know this is the same theater that uh, it's the real did there? Yes, show? yes, yeah. yes. Somebody, I think Jade is the one who told me. He was like, "You've been there before." I was like, "Have I?" He was like, "Yeah." Zach said that's where Eric and Jeff did. Yeah, their shit. you can you can pack that place. Yeah, there's like, cause there's multiple rooms. Yeah, there's there's uh there's like stadium seating, which is I don't I don't I couldn't be more than like seventy seats in that yeah, area, right? Not, like it was not that many, but then there's, there's the an entire seats, floor. And then there's the people in the front who get to like be close to the stage, yeah, which could, is like standing room. Yeah, you could pack chairs. You could have people lined up on the wall. Like I think we could get 300 people in there. So, we, well, so we're going to no, do no, like no, a with, Well, with, with the comps and the and the uh, guests and, uh, you know, yeah, I think we'll be, we'll be at three. I think it's 250, though, is the official. Well, number. we're going to. We're we're fine. We're gonna, I'm fine. We can do another one in, in a few months. We'll do yeah. a bigger one. But I'm break fine with selling code. out and making people understand that um, we're not just blowing smoke up your ass. We're like, yo, people are buying these shits. You should get on it fast as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think, no. you know, word is spreading about how much fun we like to have at the shows. So it's good. It's not just going to be a bunch of guys up there with their legs crossed and their arms folded and speaking eloquently about world hunger. No, we don't say shit correctly. We're out there yelling at people. <laughs> right. Names. We're doing crowd work. We're in the crowd. We're doing it all. Yeah. Exactly. And I'll be there. Dubin, do you, uh, do, oh, do, Dave did you, coming? I'm I, coming. Yeah, you guys got to buy tickets. That's right. That's Jared's hard. coming, too. <laughs> Jared's coming? Um, am I? <laughs> Jared's coming from New York. <laughs> City. Oh yeah, I mean, I I did already start walking. Um, approximately <laughs> in uh, I mean, eastern Pennsylvania. Oh man, right I'm gonna you, get there in about six weeks. You Allentown. hit those Appalachians. It's gonna get rough, but you'll be okay. <laughs> What's that Airbnb situation like in Koreatown? Oh, check that out. Yeah, I'm Airbnb sure you could get something really cool yeah. over there. Honestly. Yeah. Uh, Koreatown, Echo Honestly, Park, Silver Lake, uh, Silver all those, Lake, yeah, all those surrounding walk. areas. Or if you want to just get a hotel, I would say downtown is your best bet mm-hmm. because there's the most hotels down there, and so there's, therefore you can get a decent price. I was helping I was helping a friend find some for that for that weekend, and there's some really good deals right now in like uh, Studio City, North Hollywood area. It's yeah. not that far. It's like maybe a 20, 25 minute drive to the to the venue, so it's not that bad of an Uber. Oh yeah. 
Nice. Yeah, because there are there's hotels in Hollywood and West Hollywood and Beverly Hills, but they're very fucking expensive. I also do not. And it's not even not, that close. Don't stay in Hollywood. Yeah, yeah Hollywood. No, don't say, Hollywood is awful. Hollywood's yeah, disgusting. People. Are, people are, <laughs> yeah, it's it's tough. It's it's like, it's, it's like it's like the Reno to to Times Square's Las Vegas. Right, right. Like West Hollywood is is. I usually stay in like Long Beach, Huntington Beach That's too area. That's no, too I know it's super, it's super far, but it also is like a really Quite. chill area. Ooh, also, Culver City would be a good area. That's not too mm. far. Culver yeah. City's got, got some good spots. Culver's yeah. close to literally everything. Yeah, Culver's like Hello. basically better. Whoa. Who is this? This is Ethan. I'm about to uh, get into an Uber. <laughs> you going to, are you going to daycare or are you going to the dog park? I'm He's going, going to Warriors practice, which is both, right? He's uh, <laughs> going. He's going home. I feel so guilty. Do you guys just talk in the Uber? I, I, I never do the phone conversation. Are you I on a pool? Person. You told me to call you. No, no, no. I didn't have any other option. We didn't have any other. There was no other time. Okay. Ethan, not I only. Ethan. Of course, you talk in the Uber. Ethan, not only do I talk in the Uber, I fake phone conversations in the Uber just not to, <laughs> well, just to not talk to the driver. Why? I'm, uh, I I'm feel on like the I'm phone. Like... I apologize for for talking. Why are you apologizing? You can be on the phone. <laughs> I, I, I'm apologizing because I feel badly. I'm always deferential to my Uber drivers. I can never understand when people are like, yo, we got to stop, but we're going to go to 7-Eleven quick and pick up some beers. I like, like talking what? to my Uber driver. I, I, don't, I, I do the get in, hey, man, play your music Jade, if you want Jade, to do it. Jade want. likes it because they agree on all the same theories. <laughs> <laughs> yo, man, I got into... I got, I got into the so craziest. <laughs> I've gotten into the craziest Kavanaugh conversation. Oh, oh God! In oh, in an Uber last week, Welcome man. To the, woke the, guy, the guy was basically just like, "Oh, these these chicks are lying." You're not telling the truth. I was like, "Woo, child." Podcast, Count the Things Network. Make sure you check out the new feed for Black Opinions Matter Monday. Make sure you check out the new feed for the new show, The Daily Ding. 20-minute recap every single morning for you to wake up to of the night before and everything that's going on in the world of basketball. Uh, I'm Zach Harper. We've got Big Waz. We've got Ethan Strauss in a in an Uber. We've got Dave DeFour. we got Jared Dubin. we got Jade Hoy. We might have Tom Havershaw at one point if he can pull himself away from a TV camera. Uh, we've got all kinds of things happening right now. The biggest news so far is, guys, the Los Angeles Lakers are a lot of fun. They're a great show. It's it's really, really compelling basketball TV. They're also winless. They can't seem to, to catch a game right now. So, Waz, what have you what have you noticed from this Lakers team aside from being fun? I think it, it has a lot of people are making comparisons to 2011, but which I don't agree with because they 2011 from the gate, they were like elite defensively. They just sucked on offense really bad. Uh, I compare them more to Cleveland where it's like they're never going to be elite defensively and they haven't figured out how to become beasts on offense yet. So they're in that 
We suck at defense, like 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 really freaking suck. <laughs> like really suck. Like our our starting center is Javel McGee. He's no, you know, Bill Russell by any means. But they have no backup whatsoever. So they essentially don't have anybody on defense as far as rim protection. As far as like the most basic pick and roll coverages that don't involve just straight up staying in the paint. Javel is bad at. So. Mm. You know, they're just a bad defensive team, and they're figuring out how to get really, really good at, at offense. So it reminds me of the first year back in Cleveland, honestly. Yeah, I mean, I'm not necessarily concerned that they're 0-3. They started off with a pretty tough schedule with Portland, Houston, and San Antonio right. in the first three games. Like, you know, they'll, they'll get some wins. I'm definitely concerned about their defense, though. Like, 128, 124, and 143. In the first three games of the season, like even in the, you know, this is the best offensive season in NBA history so far. That is a lot of fucking points. They're playing at a faster pace, too. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's not like they're, you know, at near the top of the league in defensive efficiency. I think they're looking over. They like 28th right now. <laughs> That's not good. Last time it, it feels like they're good. trying it, it, 25th it after like last night. Out, it feels like they're trying to outrun their lack of shooting. That they're, they're just thinking maybe we can sprint ahead of it and we won't have to actually deal with it. And I think that's the problem. Usually when you have a team with this profile, they can't shoot too well. Uh, it's a hyper-athletic, swarming defense. But well, That's what I was going to say, was, Ethan. <laughs> like, if they were getting stops, that theory would make a lot of sense. Because when they do get stops and then they do run, they look great. But you know, the this third is the thing. It's pace in the league, and that's really strange for a LeBron team who's always yeah, been but, towards but the bottom at, of the league. Look at everybody else. He's never had young athletic guys like this. So it, to me, it actually makes sense because all he has to do is grab the rebound, push it ahead, right? Like throw it ahead. Like he doesn't have to be running with them at all times. And so this is what I think. I think you cannot run your shooting for the most part against those lesser teams. It's just the teams they've played so far. You can't do that against against San Antonio. I, I think I think the Spurs are bad. They should just bad. straight up. I don't bad? think they're good. Yes, I don't think they're that good. Basketball team. What they can't beat every single non-playoff team like most of the times they go. No, out. no, I don't think they're good. They have a terrible defense. I yeah. I was not enamored watching them play Portland, and this idea that Demar Derozan is going to just join Popovich and he's suddenly going to be great at defense. I don't see any evidence of that. It was just the layup line, and they don't have any good defensive players. Um, they were they were like a top four defense last year with Lamarcus Aldridge as their center. They can I do know, it. and they pulled the Jenga piece out. They don't have Danny Green there, and uh, now that Murray went down, they don't have anybody. Exactly. At a certain point, you, you you need you need deep players. You can play defense. It's not just going to be Popovich magic. Yeah. To to Ethan's point, uh, as bad as the Lakers have been defensively, the Spurs have been worse. Five points worse. Uh, per hundred possessions. I mean, they've, they've been really, really bad. Not having Murray at the point of attack. That matters. Um, Part of the reason why LaMarcus Aldridge was so good was because of how good Murray was. Uh, And then Danny green is the most overlooked good player in the league. And I know I'm like the king of uh, pumping up Danny green, but the truth is he's actually a very good player and uh, provides a valuable role that the Spurs weren't able to, to, Phil with DeMar DeRozan. He's just sure, not going to cut. But hold on. All right. Hold on. Hold on. We're, we're saying, well, they're five points worse than the Lakers so far through three games of an 82 game season. Now I'm not saying they're going to be a top three defense again, but 
I think within a month, they're gonna be, the guy, the guys that have, I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they're going to be top 15. I think they're going to be out of the top 15. I think they will be a top 15 defense because most nights they will execute in a way, even if they don't have the players to do it, they will execute in a way that, uh, that bad teams and mediocre teams are not prepared to deal with for 48 minutes. And because of that, I think that we're going to find them getting comfortable in those roles a month from now. Right now, sure, it looks like a mess, but I, this isn't going to be the team they are. They're going to be able to guard teams like the Magic they, and the Knicks and the Suns. I think you're going to be surprised. Memphis. Anybody want to guess they can't, when they can't the last escape. time the Spurs didn't have a top 15 defense was? I actually know this. 1996-97. 96-97. Yeah. They were in the top 10 every single season of Duncan's career except one. Well, because they had a defensive player of the year in Kawhi Leonard, and then they also had Tim Duncan. So, yeah. Like, so they I, don't have the physical the capability. That? They didn't have a defensive That's player of the year last year. Live from a TV set near you. I'm not making the noise. Tom, are you, Tom, are you next to Will Perdue right now? I think Tom is mall walking. I'm going to see Tom later today. I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I, I'm not just agreeing with Ethan because I'm going to hang out with him later today. Um, or I think I am. But you I am I'm, I'm totally in agreement that uh, the Spurs without Danny Green and Johnson Murray are going to be a bottom, bottom half uh, defense this year. So I also think the Lakers, um, this is kind of what we expected. They're not playing defense. They're trying to run and they can't really hit shots. And that's kind of what we expected. And it's just happening now. Sorry, it's happening now. That it's like the real season in LeBron's 0-3, but he's never been known to get off to great starts. Almost like just about every team that he's been on has gotten off to a rough start. So this is what kind of what we all expected, right? Yeah, I mean, the question is whether Luke Walton is going to survive it. I know people with the Warriors last night were watching that Laker game, and you know, one of the one of the people who was friends with uh, Luke said, "Oh shit, they're gonna they're gonna be calling for his head." It was the immediate reaction. Uh, to the loss. It was actually a lot of fun. I mean, not to get too digressive, but a little tales from the locker room. Aggregate it! I mean, that's not aggregatable. That's just, you know, friends of Luke. Don't aggregate that. (laughs) (laughs) That that ought to stop it. Don't don't aggregate that, said Ethan Strauss. (laughs) 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 But it was... was, it, it was fun last night in the Warriors locker room after the game, standing room only. Me and the Lakers were all standing watching the TV, watching the Lakers game. And uh, I had picked the Lakers in my picks column. And so I was living and dying like a, like a fan, effectively, <laughs> in the Warriors locker room. What was the, what was the spread? Um, you picked the spread or just a straight up winner? No, it's right. It was plus one when I got it for the Lakers. It was a push, but you know I was going to lose for sure in the fourth quarter, and then in overtime, it looked like I was going to win for sure. And Marcus was taunting me the whole time and rooting against me. I don't know why. In theory, he's my teammate at the Athletic. Uh, Quinn, no, that's, Cook that's right. jo- Quinn Cook was jawing at me. Um, okay. <laughs> I don't know why this was happening this way. <laughs> I think people might just relish my pain. I think is the upshot of the whole thing. Here's your uh, headline. Here's your headline. Uh... But, 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 says, Warriors guard, star Warriors guard, taunts Lakers in locker room. <laughs> My favorite part is on the last play, Kevin Durant, I was standing next to me, yelled, uh, you know, the, the last shot for LeBron, he yelled, come on, L.A. LeBron. It's just like calling him L.A. LeBron. Like, it's a separate person. <laughs> I like that. Thank you. I like <laughs> 
I don't know if he's signing off from us or the Uber. <laughs> a bit of both. I've got to. I've got to finish up an article. I think I'm gonna maybe reference that play that that Dubin highlighted, by the way, in the uh, the Jazz Warriors game that people were looking at on Twitter, uh, and to weave it into something that I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, I should. Uh, well, maybe I can make myself some breakfast. Can I? Can I carry you guys into the breakfast arena? I'm I mean, just listen to you. I don't think we have a choice at this point. So, yeah. I feel like we're in the longest. <laughs> where, 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 where are you? Don't hang up. Where are you? Where are you? Are you connected through Netscape Navigator? He, he right fell now? into the matrix. Yeah. Jesus, good lord. Uh, all right, make your breakfast. Yep, I won't hang up on you. Go ahead. Yeah, mute yourself and make your breakfast. Um, how how much of uh, all right? Here's an annoying question. Oh, oh, jackpot, Jack. Mute yourself, you robot. <laughs> <laughs> Connect to your Wi-Fi. Whatever's the problem right now, do one of those. Yeah. Um, now how about you mute yourself, huh, buddy? <laughs> I, I, I really hope you listen back to that part. Jade, don't edit any of that out. I want I want oh that smarmy-ass comment to come back as a robot. Guys, guys, I just muted him for you. Okay. How'd you do Thank that? You. Thank you. <laughs> you just pull up the freaking names, man, yeah. all the people yeah. on the call. And I just muted his ass. <laughs> <laughs> all who who here believes that Josh Hart is the second best player on the Lakers? No, I saw this going I, around last night, and it is so stupid. It's, it's uh, so stupid. I think he's, it's close. He's I think not it's even close. the second best player in their second unit. Oh, Are you now, saying Kuzma? Kuzma? Muting my mic. Kuzma. Okay, I see what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> Kuzma Wait, he's not the second best player in their second unit. I'm telling you, the two that are better. There's nobody who believes that Josh Hart is the second best player on the Lakers. Like, actually believes that without trying to get a headline. Like, come on. I mean, we're not doing that. He's not not the second best player on the second unit. Guys, it's it's bandwagon season. The Josh Hart bandwagon is really filling up for the second best player on the Lakers. He's a fine role player. He's a fine role player. Dude, any role player that's shooting 50% from three is going to be Lonzo's better than him. And Kuzma's no. better than him. It, Both those guys are better than Josh Hart. percent. There is no debate about it. I don't. I don't know about Kuzma. Yeah, I mean, I Kuzma was fantastic either. last night. He, he was great last night. And I think if if he's going to be aggressive like that, he is going to be more useful. But when I'm thinking about the best player on the on the team, I'm thinking about like utility, not like in theory. Lonzo isn't going to hit shots. I'm talking well. about in application. They're not even guarding Lonzo in the half court. I and think he's, he's definitely he's better than KCP, by the way. So maybe he's a lot count him as a starter. Yeah, he's uh, here's the thing. He's not better than KCP. Oh, he's that, that, that Josh Hart is better than KCP. No, we, no, we can't. We can't do this, guys. We can't do this. This internety thing where we try to find the next guy and all this shit. Like, no, he's not better than KCP. He's not. He's a better shooter, and he's a more reserved player, which at times can be better. But KCP is a better player than Josh Hart. In three years, I think Josh Hart will be much better. But we got to look at right now, not in theory. That, that's he's, my argument against Ingram, by the way. Yeah, like I'm looking right at right now. now I think to a couple years better. From, yeah, I just think he's he's uh, as far as the young guys go. He's a, like his body is ready. Um, he attacks the basket, which is just huge. He's actually willing to shoot, um, unlike 
Lonzo. And that's actually, to me, that's Kuzma's best attribute. You don't have to worry about him not shooting the ball when he gets it. This, this is what I'm talking about. Is that we're Lonzo is better like at six literally everything. Yeah, Lonzo is better at literally everything except shooting. This is what it's come to. We're three games in, and we're <laughs> arguing with six different players on who's the second best player in the Lakers. Like, this is the deal. Like, he doesn't have another great star on this team. I mean, we're three games in. I think we're going to be parsing the Fox score statistics. And, like, you remembered one really cool play that – Josh Hart did, and that's going to be the decider for the early going. It's too small of a sample size. If I'm going to pick anybody, it's going to be Lonzo Ball because this guy, the big problematic. Have you guys seen this video? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with this dude. He says that Lonzo Ball is going to be better uh, over the next four years than Dame Lillard. Uh, This guy, big problematic. Oh, I heard about the big problematic. Yeah, he was 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 making the rounds. Fantastic take. That guy's crazy for saying that out loud in public. That guy guy looks swole, too. That guy looks like he's been working out. So uh, on the other note of the bandwagon season, um, are you guys jumping on the Denver Nuggets best defense in the NBA uh, bandwagon? Hell no. Out <laughs> <laughs> your mind, bro. Do they not still have Jokic? Is he still yes. not, you know, the their best player? Can I? By the way, Mike Malone saying that was the defense I dreamed about. I watched that game against the Warriors. Their defense was not good. I I, I don't know. Of course it wasn't. I don't know what he was talking about. The, the, the Warriors, Warriors missed shot. open shots. It, it was not good defense. It was just such an odd comment. He's just trying to not get fired. Maybe. Well, he just got an signed an <laughs> extension. You can still get fired in this. Yeah, league. You can still yeah. get fired after after winning Coach of the Year. Still all, the it money, almost always happens. That's true. Uh, I will say that the the Nuggets are defending differently. So. Maybe it's a little bit better, but I think it's too early to say that, oh, this is going to be the league's best defense, but just like everything else, but they are, they're being more aggressive at the point of attack with Jokic and with Murray. They're, they're using Millsap as that like helper, um, sort of like Golden State likes to do with Kevin Durant. So I think that there are differences and most of them are Millsap. I, I mean, plain and simple. Sure. Um, does anybody play. see these leaked Wolves City Edition uniforms? They look awesome. Apparently, they're a tribute to Prince. No, I haven't seen them. Wow. Um, the Ringer yeah. uh, NBA just sent them out. Yeah, they look incredible. Like, finally, go check them out right, Jersey, now. right Yeah. The Ringer NBA. I didn't even know the Ringer NBA had an account. It Don't be disrespectful to <laughs> No, I follow the Ringer. I didn't know the I didn't know the ringer had to the competition. What competition? Dion Waiters is going to look so good in that. He will. He will. You know why? Because this looks slimming. Uh, these, yeah, these are kind. Of, well, I don't like the shorts. I like the jersey. Yeah, the jersey looks good. The shorts are. Oh, for some reason the they're weird. There's two pictures. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, I really like the the actual jersey. The yeah. the font, like the you could see the. This is going to be, you know, great radio because everybody can see exactly what we're talking about. But you know, you can see the echoes of the Prince logo yeah. on there. There's a, there's a gradient in the color, which what, I like. What I like is that. the bedspread that it's? That's on. a good. That's a good question. And it's on, it's on my grandma's curtains. Tissue above it. it looks oh, used. Oh, used. <laughs> what is? What is this? We sure this is for real, guys. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm concerned it, about this. Cool. I'm concerned about this tissue now that you mention it. Oh my god, the bedspread though. Seriously, what? 
took the shot? What is um, this? I think this this leaked from uh, a Timberwolves a red uh, a French Finn? a French <laughs> Timberwolves account. <laughs> Um. Okay. Well, there you go. Shouts to Prince Timberwolves account. Get it, getting back into this. Uh, <laughs> God, I don't even know what to do with that. Uh, let's look at this. I want to look at this. Um, where is it? Why did I lose what, what I was trying to find? I want to see the oh, the open shots that the Warriors missed against this uh, number one Denver defense. Because yeah, I'm I'm with Ethan. Like I don't. I'm not trying to shit on the Denver defense. Like they looked pretty good against the Suns. They look, uh, they look good against the Clippers and then everything kind of is predicated on this, on this, uh, this Warriors game where they only give it 98 points, which is, I mean, whether the Warriors miss open shots or not, like that's, that's still an accomplishment to not give up a hundred points or more to the Warriors. But it, this seems a little, this seems a little like, Oh my God, Giannis is the MVP after one week of, of basketball, right? Last season. And now, and then, and then we don't talk about him the rest of the day. Like, Steph, I mean, Steph Curry was eight of 19 on open shots. On open shots? On uncontested shots. Eight of wow. 19 in that game. That's impossible. Right. Wow. Clay, Clay Thompson was three of nine. So. Yeah, Denver got to miss me with their world beating defense. No, like, I mean, nobody no, actually believes that. <laughs> like, but, all right. So, what's. Like realistically, can they be a top fifteen defense in this league this season? Yes. Yeah, and I think that that's the goal. Eh. To have a top I, five offense. I think. I think top defense. twenty is doable. I think top. I think being the upper half of the league, that's asking a lot. Yeah, because they're, they're still they're going to work. They're going to work Isaiah Thomas back in the mix at one point. Isaiah's going to kill him, and, and like, but it's not. It's not just hit. Like he will be on the court with Jokic at some point, right? That's, like that's, I think that's, that's gonna, probably the idea. That's and I think brutal. especially without Barton, they really don't have much defense on the wing. Not that Barton is a great defender, but like now you're talking about Wancho at the three for a yeah, lot of the time. Torrey Tor- Craig will probably um, get some of those minutes as well, and and that's a he's okay. that's okay. Uh, Monte Morris is the backup point guard. That's pretty good. I'm not so sure Isaiah Thomas is going to be back before the All Star break. Ooh, aggregate. <laughs> They have no timetable for his return, and there's been no like talk about anything with Isaiah Thomas. When you're talking about a torn labrum and and the issues that he's had in the past, I don't know. Uh, Tom, that's to see. What I was about to say is I'm not so sure that that would even matter. I don't think he's that type of player anymore. The injuries are messing him up. Well, no, I'm saying if he does play, that he he can't defend anybody. So that would oh, drag down the the, the, the yeah. <laughs> And he's he's not the offensive player that that Murray is or Jokic is or or even I, I think for what Monty Morris does I think he works a little bit better because he's just a better cutter he can do more without the ball in his hands and Isaiah is going to just eat up possessions so I, I think that that it could be a blessing in disguise I don't like to see a guy be hurt but you know he if he if he came back he would hurt them you said Clay was what the other night three of nine three of nine on uncontested shots. Yeah, I mean, he did this last year, but he's shooting like thirteen percent on threes so far this season. I mean, you gotta, you gotta. Where he wasn't in China this year, right? Where was he? Are we sure Clay Thompson was in China? We, yeah, he went to China. I thought he went to the Middle East at one point, or was um, that last year? These offseason just, just to get back to Isaiah real quickly. Like I remember talking to him 
early last season and I had had the hip surgery that he put off. Um, I had it like in May, basically a week or two after he went down for the entire playoffs. And I remember talking to him early last year when the Cavs came um, to Brooklyn. And at the time I was like really struggling with my rehab and I was um, basically just in a lot of pain every single day. And he was, he like, I had been watching him warm up before the game. They brought him there. They expected him to come back pretty soon. And I was, you know, I was like, he looks great. He looks explosive. And I was like, look, I was talking to him before the game about the hip surgery and all the different rehab he was doing. And I was look, it seems like you made the right decision. Like I'm really struggling with this surgery. And you, you know, you look like you're getting back to being yourself. And basically like a week later, it was clear that it was, you know, not the right decision for him. Isaiah did get surgery in March and it was supposed to be a four month timetable. And that was making a return in July. Now it's it, late October. So yeah, it took me longer than that. Like I got the surgery wrong. in May and I, didn't get back to like full physical activity until like the following January. Um, so that's what, like seven months, right? Eight months. So it's basically the same time. Obviously I had significantly different rehab than Isaiah did. Um, I also had like a little bit, um, you know, of additional stuff going on in my hip. So, but I don't know. It's, um, it's, I, I feel really bad. It's, it's such a tough injury to overcome. And I mean, Otto Porter had it early in his career and he doesn't seem to have necessarily been affected that much, but I mean, it's, it's different for everybody, especially when you, you could, you depend so much on your ability to change direction and to, you know, come to full stops quicker than everybody else. Like Isaiah does. I mean, uh, it's a much different kind of player than than porter is who is not as dependent on you know quick area explosion like isaiah is speaking of uh auto porter where are we on like guys like kelly Oubre flexing at opposing benches i'm pro taunting in general i'm yeah, all about taunting yeah but yeah. when you're like when i mean i, I get it if you're like nurkic flexing at dudes but when you're kelly Oubre, when it's He's not the biggest dude. Um, well, Tom, to be fair, like, you know, a lot of players build up those muscles in the offseason because <laughs> they can train differently. And then as the season goes on, you're going to lose a lot of that definition, a lot of that bulk. So you got so to you flex. You got to flex. You got to flex early. Got you got to flex early. That's for sure. Uh, Ethan, should we be worried about the Warriors demise since there's 22nd in the league in three point percentage? I'm right about that right now. It's not like a robot. <laughs> you. Do you have a voice box? Have you been smoking? Why do you sound like a robot, Ethan? He's not on his Wi-Fi, 100%. That, that's just simply irresponsible. Um, okay. I, uh, well, go. first of all, I think I think Dubin should have <laughs> talked. No, no, yeah, I can't hear him. Um, he didn't want to talk on the record about the hip, if that's what, if that's what you're saying. He only agreed to talk to me because I told him that I had the surgery that he didn't get and he wouldn't let me record anything. Mm. Sounds like a bossa nova. Yeah. And I agree. <laughs> I got to kick him off this call. I can't. <laughs> it's, it's not like I said that he said anything. Um, I basically just told him I thought I, he made the right decision, and I think I was wrong about that. So, I mean, 
not exactly news that he wasn't willing to talk about his hip early last season. Are, are we gonna? Are we talking Warriors with the three point shooting still? Yeah. Well, I, I wanted to get Ethan's take on it, but uh, you know, he's got to unplug and yeah, blow into the cartridge and then plug back in. So <laughs> one of the one of the problems, and I this was an issue for him last year, is outside of Clay, Steph, and KD, they don't really have anybody who can who can take those shots. I mean, last year Nick Young took some, and you know, uh, Quinn Cook took some, but. They don't really have anybody who's going to come in and actually get the attempts up. And I was, I was looking cause it felt like KD wasn't really shooting many and he's only shooting like three a game right now. Um, which is, which is a little weird, but Steph is back up to that 15, 16 level where he's shooting like almost 12 a game, uh, and for, like 46.8%. Right. 46. That, I mean, my God, that has stood out to me quite a bit that, that Steph looks like the 15, 16 Steph that's kind of hunting those shots a little bit more. Um, and I think that this will help them sustain these, this, this kind of the little shooting issues they're having right now. Um, but I, why does clay start every year like this? I mean, it really does feel like this is just a thing that off season, man. He's yeah. what? All right. Maybe this is a terrible comparison. Didn't Mark Teixeira used to start off horribly in April every, every single year? Every Maybe year. he's the Mark Teixeira of, of shooting guards. Right. But what's crazy is Clay actually shoots, shot it well in the aggregate. It aggregate it. <laughs> aggregate Mark Teixeira. <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, that's a headline that Clay Thompson is the Mark Teixeira of the NBA. Of the aggregate NBA. This shit. Um, <laughs> that's and by the way, the reason why it's great is because it's slightly cross racial reference. Oh, slightly. Isn't Thompson uh, biracial? I don't. I mean, yes, I would assume so. So, th- so there you go. It's it feels like something you could say only... over me. <laughs> <laughs> it's only it's only kind of a cross racial reference. Yeah. Here's a here's a fun here's a fun small sample size <laughs> to go off of. In three wins this year, Steph Curry has a true shooting percentage of seventy point two percent. In the one loss, a pathetic. 60.6% true shooter. How about that? That dude's insane. Trade him. Trade Well, yeah. Or just, Actually, I, or, just, or just cut him. I mean, at that point. They got Quinn Cook. They, they do. They do. That's Ethan's guy. Who's apparently Luke Walton's friend. Who's this, Ma- yeah, who's, this Ma- <laughs> who's this McKinney guy? That I'm assuming we're going to get some like 3,000-word article on The Athletic uh, which you subscribe, by the way, theathletic.com slash back to back for 40% off. That's two ninety nine a month. But I'm assuming Ethan's going to have something on McKinney of how like he's the he's the the straw that stirs the engine or some some metaphor that he's going to mix. He's the new James Michael McAdoo. Oh, I like that. Ooh. guys, he's, can I bring can I bring up something? So he's real bad. Quick? <laughs> <laughs> I want to leave Kurt's this up. Play him too many minutes. I want to bring this up to the group because uh, I was sitting next to Drew Gooden as part of my NBC Sports National uh, NBA insider role. I was uh, doing some TV stuff with Drew Gooden. We're watching the game. And he goes, you know, I've never understood how when you, you're defending a guy who gets an and one opportunity and you block the shot after he takes the layup, after he gets fouled, why isn't that considered a block? I'd love – I. I I don't like I'm fine with I'm fine with the missed shot after a foul being taken away. I'm fine with that and we only count the makes. 
because uh, you know I only like to count the makes anyway. But with the with the block shot after a foul, that should absolutely be counted. Right? Why is yeah. why isn't that counted? It's a live ball. You're preventing two points from being scored. You're right. That sh- that should be counted. Why? I wonder it, why they don't. I wonder why they don't. It doesn't have to count as a missed shot either. Just give them the block. Because I guess you can't block a shot that doesn't exist. But you can make a shot that doesn't exist. The the yes. The I'm, shot I've done that throughout my it. entire life. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. The the shot attempt counts if you make it, but it doesn't if you miss it. Uh, here's so, what I'm gonna say. Culturally biased. I wonder if this is a holdover from when they didn't count blocks at all. Oh, I bet that's what it is. Yeah. They just uh, forgot. Tom, are you next to a Cinnabon right now? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. It's like they just forgot that that's actually a block shot. Right. Yeah. Huh. Well, he said he said he worked in the league office for a year, Drew Gooden did. Yeah. And they that he brought it up and they were like, yeah, but then we'd have to like go back and redo no. all the blocks. No. And that was their that was the big impediment was that all these players the record books would be totally corrupt if all these shot blockers didn't get credited with all those uh, block shots. Mm-hmm. Which to me, I was like, who cares about block shot records? <laughs> like, no one's no one's staying up at night. Like, man, Will Chamberlain should have had like at least thirty-seven more blocks. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, Bill Russell, right? Thirty-seven seems low. Just gonna say it. <laughs> when they didn't count blocks, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't think I don't think Bill Russell blocked more than thirty-seven shots in his career. I think that's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. hey, speaking of speaking of the Celtics not doing something, uh, they lost to the Magic on a horrible game last night in which wait, wait, Waz's, we can't let that segue go through. We can't. We're just we going to we're, we're just going to keep going. <laughs> we can't let that segue go through. Okay, uh, continue. Uh, Waz's guy, Gordon Hayward, only gets eight shots. Superstar Jason Tatum goes like three for 11. Uh, Kyrie Irving's hunting shots on night and they can't handle Nick Vucevic. Now, granted, the Magic do this where they start out a little bit better than we expect them every year, and then they and then they they wet themselves the rest of the season. But <laughs> you can't lose that game if you're Boston. Now, this isn't a referendum on their whole setup or anything like that. It's just I'm giving Waz the platform to give his Boston takes right now. So, Waz, you have the floor. Look, they got one guy. They have one guy who, when you know the best defenses in the world are keyed on in keyed in on him, can do shit. They got Kyrie. Then they got a bunch of, as my man Bomani Jones likes to say, low spades. I wouldn't say their spades are low spades. They're like tens, nines. They don't have big jokers and little jokers. Just want to clarify, we're talking about a card game. This isn't a racial thing that was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the black opinions matters. Yeah, just just. I'm not calling a spade a spade. I'm not doing that. I'm I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like they were they were a cool regular season team. They play hard generally. They're a very deep team. So, you know, just in case somebody gets hurt, it doesn't really matter who it is. They won't fall off a cliff, right? So they're going to rack up wins in the regular season. But, like, again, Jason Tatum performed well in the playoff in the context of, yo, this guy's a rookie. But people take that and want to extrapolate to what that's going to mean going forward. I mean, he's just going to only get better by leaps and bounds because rookies always make this leap. I think he's pretty close to the best version of himself ever already. Whoa. Back. 
Nads, I, that, you, I was with I, you until that last line. Oh, I don't like, know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I think I was, I was I, nodding along, and then I was. No, I was and, and, hot no, there. no, what I mean is the same thing with Kyrie. Like he, as a rookie, he was like crazy for what a rookie is. I don't think he's that. Like I don't think he's gotten incrementally or just like exponentially better from where he was as a rookie. That's what I mean. From when you take somebody like. I don't know, Steph Curry as a rookie to where he is now. Like, it's just not going to be that for, for this kid. Well, that's pro progress isn't always linear either, right? That's what I mean. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm not seeing it for Boston. I'm just not. And I'm, and it's not just because, you know, I picked Toronto to go to the NBA Finals. <laughs> I, I, in fairness, fairness, I did that last year, too. And that didn't work out for me very I well. I can hear you you're grinning right now. Yeah. I can hear it. You can so, hear the grin. Um, it's nearing. Not, yeah. I'm not with Waz on the Jason Tatum is as good as he's going to be thing. But I just want to throw that out there. But also, um, like, I don't think it's that big of a deal that Boston lost this game. Uh, I want to give a hat tip to at Stat Center on Twitter. Uh, last October, the Rockets lost at home to the Grizzlies and the Warriors lost at home to the Pistons. Like, Sometimes good teams lose dumb games, and it's not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. That's you, can't where I'm at. Vucevich, you can't have Nick Vucevich dancing on you. Lost to an expansion team. So, yes, we shouldn't go crazy. So, but the one issue, though, is that these offensive issues were around last year, too. This is not something new. Like, they, they kind of run a clog, clogged toilet offense. They don't get good looks. <laughs> I think this is actually a good line of discussion here. Like, Brad Stevens gets so much praise for how his offense is run. And I do think like it, it looks pretty um, a bunch of times. And obviously he has these great out of timeout sets, you know, whether it's on the baseline or on the sideline, but this is going on what, like four years now that their offense is not actually any good. So what's like the discrepancy here between like what the offense looks like and the clear, um, you know, ability he yeah. has to design looks and the fact that they, you know, can never actually seem to score at an above average rate. Here's I actually have a take. <laughs> they, they should be calling timeouts at every possession so he can draw something up. And just well, take, the that, but, take the technical foul. But that's it, kind of what I was trying to get at, though, Zach. They don't have a player who, you know, as much as, as, much as you like to talk shit about LaMarcus Aldridge, right? <laughs> the Spurs built their offense around, yo, look, uh, like most times he's going to be too big for a faster guy or he's just going to shoot over people. And he's, you know, he's good enough when they do send help to move the ball. Like they don't have anybody who demands I, that type of respect and attention. I don't, I they don't, don't agree. I don't agree. They have Gordon Hayward. I think if you put... Quinn Snyder's offense okay. with Gordon Hayward. Okay, yeah, hold on. see, Quinn, but that would involve with, taking with, the ball out of Kyrie and Jason well, Tatum's hands. Exactly. But I'm saying if you had that style of offense with this level of talent, I think Gordon Hayward is that number one facilitator type guy. I think yeah. he can be that. They don't utilize him enough. And granted, he's still working his way back from the injury. He's still getting under you know, game shape. He's still getting back into the mental game shape that he needs to be in. So I think that's going to take a little bit of time after that injury. But you're right. Like, Kyrie isn't exactly in a contract year. In a, don't stop. Don't forget that part. In a I, I forgot. His, I forgot. I forgot his legal name right now. Kyrie in a contract year. Irving exactly. uh, is 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 going to stagnate that at times. And and there will be nights where he has it going and it is absolutely beautiful. Right. 
and not to over again, not just like I didn't know. I don't want to overreact to the Spurs defense after three games. I don't want to overreact to the Celtics offense after four games, but they are currently the second worst offensive team right now. And they, they were, and they, they shouldn't be. And they were bad last year. And to your point, I but think at least, the best, la- but at least last year, Dave, at least last year you could chalk it up to injuries, right? Sure. The year absolutely. before that you could chalk it up to, Oh, well, they're just, or I guess they were good under that last year with Isaiah yeah. and any other year it's been kind of like, well, they're trying to find their way. So you, I guess they were only like, good they're trying to work with in, Isaiah. Right. That was the uh, and with Isaiah going nuts. Exactly. And so yeah. I, I will say that you can chalk it up to injuries, but there are schematic issues. And I, and you, you hit the nail on the head that the best thing that they've done so far this year has been Gordon Hayward in the, in the pick and roll and letting him actually he, make plays so for other patient. people. He's so yep. patient in the pick and roll so that you clearly their best playmaker. Yeah. Right. And, and, and just a little bit, he causes coming around that pick. He causes a little bit of hesitation within a defensive decision. He's either getting to the basket, he's getting a clean jumper, or he's finding somebody. Like he doesn't really make mistakes in those pick and rolls. You just got to give him the ball. Yep. Yeah, I, I you nailed that. I mean, seriously, like it, it stands. It's so apparent when you watch what they look like when he's got the ball in his hands versus when he's standing in the corner, and it's a, it's a huge difference. And you know, and I keep saying this, Jalen Brown. Uh, Jason Tatum, they got used to getting buckets last year, shooting the ball. Like, we're just going to be fine with this guy coming in and just, like, running the show now? I know Al Horford doesn't care. He's like, good, now I don't got to be the goddamn point guard of this team. <laughs> right? I mean, that, but they're, like, they're, I they're saving grace is that their defense is so good that even these sputtering offensive nights will mostly be okay. We'll mostly right? be fine, yeah. But once you get to the playoffs... And they deserve credit defense, for that defense. Absolutely. And Brad Stevens deserves the credit for that defense. But I, like you guys are saying, it is a little funny that we've deemed him the new pop, right? In some way. Easy. And that offense Easy. sucks. Well, is he even the new Paul Spo yet? No, See, this, but this is the thing. Everyone like people are saying he's the best coach in basketball. Which nah. is wrong. It's wrong. Nah. Right. And nah. this is this is another one of I those think he's things. I a lot closer to Quinn Snyder than he is to Greg Popovich. I, I don't even think he's at Quinn Snyder's level. Um, you I know, think he's we, just aggregated. I think he's just do this thing with, with players usually, right? We yeah. where you get Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram is the he's the next KD. Um, right. Is he's coming into his third season? He hasn't been a good player in either his first two, and all of a sudden, oh man, he's going to make an All Star game. Uh, we we kind of like rush to judgment on these guys based on potential, and we then we just put them there, whether they make it or not. I mean, Brad Stevens looked great early because he was overperforming what he should have done, but then he hasn't he hasn't done anything beyond that. I think we're at the point where we could just say generally he is um, overrated as an offensive coach and underrated as a defensive coach. Their defense is really good every year, and they do a lot of smart things, and they force teams into bad shots um, consistently. They're always in the right place. Um, I, I think he's done a really good job on that end, even in terms of hiding guys who are not good defenders. They had a really good defense with Isaiah Thomas on their team. They have a really good defense with Kerry Irving on their team. Um, I think I think he's very, very good on that end. But the offense, you know, as, as well as he coaches out of timeouts and, and as creative as a lot of the things they do are, they have, you know, not necessarily been able to, to put things together in the way that they should. 
I love that we're the pod that's over, that's calling Brad Stevens overrated. That's pr- I'm proud of us today. I am so fucking proud of you. Uh, it's not. Someone I mean, we're not calling overrated. Overrated in general. Someone had to do it, right? <laughs> Someone had to do it. This is gonna look great when they've got 62 wins. I know. Lead <laughs> <laughs> the league in point differential and shit. We didn't mean uh, to say it. I mean, I mean, Dave just compared him to Brandon Ingram. God. The Brandon Ingram of coaching. Damn it. <laughs> oh, damn it. That's, that'll, that was I'm Dave. Sure that'll be fine. I'm sure sure with the Boston media who, who hypes up every little thing about the 19th player on the in the organization is going to find a way to let that let oh that my, one slide. Oh, my God. I'm sure it'll be, I'm sure it'll be good. Uh, no, that seems great. It. But, but the, yeah, the offense, like at, toilet at a certain bowl point, offense. Love at a certain it. point, Clog gotta, toilet bowl offense. It is. <laughs> Action! All these beautiful motions in all these out of bounds, you know, uh, after timeout plays. Well, they just yet, run flex. Like, you don't see it. They just run flex. Coming. That's all coming. it is. Baseline and sideline out of bounds. I like. I, I always feel like a hater because I'm not impressed by by Brad Stevens. But I mean, the, I Brandon Ingram of coaching. Yeah, I mean, but the truth is his sideline out of bounds and his baseline out of bounds, they're just flex. And, and every coach is stealing from other coaches anyway. So um, like Brad Stevens stole one specific play from the Spurs, right? And this is a, a known thing. What he is good at is choosing the right play for the personnel that's on the on the court, in particular, the, the, uh, the, the team that's trying to guard them. Um, so He's really great at that, but the plays themselves, there's nothing special there. Like he's really running basic basketball stuff. So it's kind of uh, like Brandon Ingram finding the right pass, you right? Know, in, in yeah, tight exactly. spots. Yeah, and, and yeah. Brandon yeah. Ingram getting getting comfortable as a player, accepting the right yeah. role. I don't know if I agree with. <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that with dumbing it down. Yeah. I do think there. I think there are wrinkles there within those 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 sets that out of timeouts that um, that are are good enough to to warrant more praise. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, not not, saying, I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying, like, to say it's a basic it's set out of out of a out of timeout. I don't agree with that. Oh, I think see, that, I think they're. Adjustments. I feel like when people say I'm not saying X, they're definitely saying X. Like, no, no, I, I, think he, I think he's a, I think he's a probably one of the ten best coaches in the league, but he's not a better coach than Greg Popovich. Uh, wait, a oh, minute. I, they, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Can you but just then call again, him there basic some, Brad for me one time, Dave? Just basic uh, Brad. Yeah, I want that as my text tone. Yeah, ba- <laughs> so basic Brad. That's what we're going to – basic <laughs> Brad. Is, is Brad. Uh, that's, what, I, that's what our president would call him if he was like going oh up. Oh, gosh. Right. So, so Brad basic is, Brad is, is the Steve. big room of coaching and Dave DeFore is the, is the Trump of this podcast? Oh, that's, yes. too yes. oh, that's too far. That's too far. It's yeah. fake news. It's fake. Both now of those are too far. Video Zane, of Dave Zane Zach over here. Let's, let's talk about – Waz, if we can, Waz, if we can, can we talk about the best team in the East now? The Milwaukee Bucks? We talked about Toronto already. The Milwaukee, my Bucks, the undefeated Milwaukee Bucks. I don't know if any other team in the league is undefeated right now. I haven't really checked. There's no need to get into it. But the Bucks, you know, Chris Chris Middleton's killing it right now. I mean, Chris Middleton doesn't just look like an all-star. He looks like an all-NBA player. He does. He does. He he is the Popovich to Brad Stevens, right? Would you would you what? say Brad Stevens kind of the Eric Bledsoe of coaching? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. 
By the way, hey, Bledsoe's been really good. I I refuse to stop talking about this. Yes, he has. And watch how you talk about my very good friend, Eric Bledsoe. Just because you text him, doesn't text you back. Doesn't make him your good friend. (laughs) Yeah. No, Bledsoe, this is, this is. That uh, sounds a lot like all my good friends. Text them, don't text you back. This is the best I've seen him defend since he was on the Clippers. I mean, just activity level and also just playing smart. Um, and it, it helps that he's also hitting shots, right? Like that's, that's awesome too. But the defensive part it has been incredible to me. I mean, like I, we haven't seen this. He's had this reputation, but he hasn't played like this. Yeah. Not They're shooting the a Clippers. ton of threes. They're shooting so many threes right now. Uh, I mentioned this in the daily ding last night, which you should subscribe to. It's a great podcast, 20 minutes in your, in your iPhone or your Samsung or whatever, whatever Android phone you have every single morning, you can wake up to us daily thing. Search that in all uh, podcast platforms, but they had 43 pointers attempted last night. Never did that once in the Jason Kidd era. The highest they had in Jason Kidd era was, was 36. They did that a couple of times, but this offense just looks so much. And, and Giannis can't even hit right now. Giannis is, is like one of 13, he's one of 13 on the season. 7%. Did you guys see the, the quote from Giannis after the game no. from uh, Eric? Is it, do you pronounce his name? Nem? N E H M. Okay. Um, who's also on the athletic, uh, basically Giannis described trusting the math. Uh, and it was great. I mean, he, he, you can really tell he he's bought into this idea and it's a shame that the first few years of his career kind of got, I mean, I, I, it's hard to say derailed cause he was still great, but I mean, imagine the player he would be now if Jason Kidd hadn't told him he can't shoot threes. Um, well, that's shout right. out to Seth Partnow. The propaganda within the organization is working. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's the that's the thing, though. Like, right? Like, think about how good Giannis is. What if he had had? And all right, to be fair, we don't know the whole development system outside of Jason Kidd behind the scenes. So it's possible that it is not a great head coach, but there are good development aspects within that organization. Um, at the same time, like with a better strategy for for Giannis to navigate could he be a lot better than he is right now I I mean I I, only only the shooting right being a lot better than this like yeah I still I still don't I still don't think he's I don't think his three-point shot is ever going to be there and it may not simply simply because of the schematics of getting his arms quickly to a shooting position so that it's not bother. Like I just think I really think his arms are too long to be a, an even average three point shooter. Now that someday he made Jason Kidd this thing in in a good way and and figure out how to shoot right. But you look at his arms like the, a lot of these guys who can't shoot who have long arms. And granted, Kevin Durant is a huge exception to this rule, but he's also always been a shooter. I think trying to learn how to shoot with that kind of wingspan just doesn't make sense from a physical standpoint. Yeah, I mean there definitely is some biomechanical issues there. You can see it when he shoots. It does look a lot better now though. Sure. And the only way you're going to get better at it is to actually do it in games. And so I think that we've been robbed of the opportunity to see if he could get better. I mean, I, that sounds so selfish, but the truth is like you, you, you could build the perfect basketball player if he could shoot threes like that. There's nobody who can do all of the stuff that Giannis does at such a high level. I mean, KD, is probably the closest just because, you know, they're both like seven feet tall and have this crazy arms, but I don't know that KD's got the, the power that Giannis has. I mean, it's really incredible. The what, stuff like, that Giannis is. is doing 
the Shaq thing where he just dunks in traffic. He just yes. gets the ball and dunks it. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I said this last night and I was like, you know, he looks like he could just grab every rebound around the basket at both ends of the court. If he wants to, if he's in there, like he just goes up and it's like, he's playing on a little tykes rim with a bunch of children. I mean, it, it is insane. And his motor, he got that KG motor, which is amazing. I love it. That's my favorite thing about watching. Like the guy just doesn't stop. He's, he's trying to kill himself out there. Yeah. Uh, do we want to talk about the Raptors looking okay? Or do we want to talk about the thunder being real bad? Did we think the Thunder were going to be good? I, I mean, did. Oh, like, uh, granted, no, no Russ the first no two Ru- games. No Roberson, no Russ. Like, h- how are they supposed to be good? But what's funny is, and I think Sam Esfandiari pointed this out, is like ESPN put up a graphic after Russ's first game. It's like yeah. 32 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists. He's back. Like, they gave 132 points to the Kings and lost at home in that game by double digits. And Steven Adams only had six rebounds. Right. Not, not good. Ooh, see, um, I, watching the game, Steven Adams did have to readjust himself to not fighting for rebounds as hard as he had been. Like, Russ was flying in there for some of those rebounds. I don't care which of Steven Adams or Russ gets the rebounds. Like, as long as the Thunder get it, it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. Well, it's well, a that, big deal to Russ Westbrook. That's always been my thing with, uh, with Brooke Lopez, right? Is like he doesn't grab a lot of rebounds, but as long as the team is rebounding. Oh, he's huge and it he boxes really, out. Robin's really, the same way, by that. the way. The Lopez yeah. is Marcus Lopi. Yeah, Lopi is the Lopi. Yeah, shouts, I think shouts to Rob Lopi. I, th- I think uh, I think Milwaukee is gonna be in trouble, but I'm not I'm not as concerned about OKC anymore. I like I really thought OKC had a shot at a top four seed. Then you had the Robertson injury, and we saw how important he was for them. Yeah, when and is he do we know he's going to miss probably half the season? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. And and then, you know, Russ, I would still be back before January. These, well, and he might, I, they were saying like 30 games was uh-huh. the expectation, but I always, I always project long on that because I feel like guys just for some reason, it seems like it usually takes longer. Yeah. Um, they're the rare few of guys that are just back really fast. I mean, Russ is one of those guys, right? Um, how worried are we about Russ, Russ breaking down? Uh, I mean, it, you know, four surgeries in what, three years, four years, whatever it's been. Like, and he had PRP last year. Yeah, like that. It's definitely a concern, and and I don't think any of us believe that his his game translates, as, you know, nearly as well to a less athletic version of himself. But even if he's eighty percent the athlete he is in the next three years, that's, that's still better than almost say. every other player in the NBA in terms of that's what I was going to say, um, Zach. Like I subscribe to the Nate Duncan theory, and I call it that because he's the first person that I heard say it. Is like usually we'd always be like, well, these athletic guys are less skilled, so when their athleticism starts wearing down, they become these players that are no longer useful. But I think when you're somebody like Russ, who's athleticism rating, if this was a video game, is clearly one hundred, right? Rather than somebody who say at 80, they're going to get the 75 just like from from natural dipping. Russ, right. like his 90 is going to be freaking ridiculous still. He also might wind up being a better player when he doesn't have when to rely on the athleticism. Possibly. Yeah, possibly. Right? I'm not I think sure he'll I shoot agree, but I can I can see the argument. I think he'll shoot better. Like one of the one of the things with his threes is that he jumps too high 
And, yeah. and so, I mean, this is why his shooting percentages fall off late in games. Um, I mean, he just gets tired. I mean, he's a human being, like as weird as it sounds. Um, but when you play like he does, like, that doesn't that doesn't sound right to me. No, no, after after he played with that big old knot on the side of his head, I knew it was. <laughs> I know. It was uh, the Thunder is shooting twenty three point nine percent from three point range. Twenty three. Where are we on Paul Pierce? Uh, Paul Pierce. Paul George. I don't think Paul Pierce can play anymore. Yeah, and Paul yeah. George. Uh, I mean, he's he can't hit shots right now. He's he's only scoring because he's taking he's taking a high volume of shots, especially with Russ out. Well, but it doesn't look had, good. He had those injuries. He had a couple of procedures done over the summer. Um, you know, a, a lot of people have intimated that might be part of why he, you know, he took the longer deal to, and stayed in OKC. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think we got to give him some time. I don't, I don't think he's quite healthy yet. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess we got to, I mean, certainly can't overreact to three games, but sure. it's, uh, I think we need to see how things kind of fall into place now that Russ is back. Um, if Robertson's going to miss so much time, that's going to be, that's going to be really tough because they're, but they, all right, here's also the thing with that is like their identity can still be a great defensive team without Robertson. Like they have the components, especially with that bench now, they have the components to be a better defensive team without Robertson than they were last year. It's just, where does that all fall into place? Is Billy Donovan the Josh Hart of coaches? <laughs> <laughs> uh he he might be the uh Rajan Rondo. Ooh. Let's do this. Oh, Speaking of oh, wow. I like that. I like Speaking that. Of Billy like Donovan. That. Uh Bovada has uh some updated who will be the first coach to leave their post in 2018-19 odds. Would you like to go through that before we leave? Um yeah, let's 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 check that out. So uh, for the top eight, so we have we have eight coaches on the on the potential. I wonder if I can guess them. Okay, uh, let's start uh, yeah, a, three way, a three way tie for sixth. Okay, uh, this is six worst odds, right? Yeah, Ty Lue. Ty Lue is in there. Fred Hoiberg. Um, no, he's got to be higher. Luke, Luke Walton. Higher. Wow. So so Ty Lue. Dave Yeager. Uh, Dave Yeager's in there. And then one more tied for tied for sixth. Thibodeau. One, no, higher. No, this one's Thibodeau's a little bit of a shock be. to me. Um, Doc Rivers. No, think of playoff failures last year. Terry Stotts. Yep, Terry Stotts. They're all. They all have twelve to one odds. Then in fifth place, all by himself. Doc Rivers. No, Doc Rivers not on the list. Yeah, Doc Rivers uh, is probably. Pretty he's good. Safe. Yeah, now that he doesn't have personnel. Yeah, uh, and he was. Control, he, he's, he did the best coaching job possibly of his career last year. Yeah, he was, he was really good. Uh, uh, this one so has a connection to the team we were just talking about. Oh, Scotty Brooks, man. Scotty Brooks, 10 to 1 Ooh. odds. Number four all by himself on this list we've talked about already. That's right, Brad Stevens. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tibbs at four? No, we were no, just talking Tibbs, about him. Tibbs got to have the worst odds. Billy Donovan. Billy Donovan, okay. Billy Donovan's at 15 to 2 odds. Uh, and in the top three, we've all mentioned already. Uh, but at number three is Fred Hoiberg at five to one. And then that's a yes, little surprising. That's a little surprising to me, too, because I feel like at this point, why would you fire him on this rebuild? Right. After yeah. everything he's been through. But five to one odds. And then number two. Luke at, Walsh. At two to one odds. No, Tom Thibodeau. Luke really? Walsh, number one at seven to four odds. That is insane. 
That's a LeBron thing, man. Now, now, I mean, I'm not saying that that Luke Walton isn't on the hot seat, but that Tom Thibodeau, who was kind of, I mean, was actively you know, at war with the with half the organization, right. wouldn't be the the top odds. You know, the Luke Walton thing is is funny. Like I, you know, I don't know how what you guys heard, but I mean, I was hearing about him possibly not not being uh, very popular there in July. Like once they got LeBron. Essentially, they were considering, I mean, this is, I don't mean like, yeah, uh, they weren't having high level talks about getting rid of Luke Walton, but um, he he lost some fans once they got the Le- LeBron. I, I mean, I think that, I think that before he was even before that, I think last season, I don't think it ever got serious, but there, there were certainly conversations about like, we sure this is the guy. Yeah. Well, Jeannie Buss loves him. And yeah. yeah. And I think that's the saving grace is Genie Buss loves him. And I think I actually think he did a great job last year. That team should not have won as many games as it did. And maybe some of that came from they weren't tanking and other teams were. So you get a right. couple of wins here and there. Uh, but still, like that, that team last year had no business playing defense as long as they did. Agreed. I, I agree with you. I, I think that uh, when you get a guy like him, I think his big strength is the relationship stuff. And this is why he was yeah. so good um, managing Golden State. Cause he got along with the guys. Um, and, but when you look into his decision-making, his rotations, things like that, he, he just hasn't shown that he's very good at it. So yeah, ro- the ro- the Laker rotation is weird to me. I know people like Lance a lot. I don't get the Lance stuff. Wait, who likes Lance a lot? Like, that's no, not strange. No, not, not like that. Like the, the, the antics, the, 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 the craziness, the fun oh, yeah. factor. Um, out on that too. <laughs> you mean doing the wildly unnecessary stuff with the ball to make yeah. people play? Yeah. Right. I'm out I mean, on everything also, about the Lance we, Stevenson. We kind of we kind of just overlook some past transgressions that are not so good. Well, there's that too. When we joke about how funny he is and how crazy and zany right. he is. It's like oh, I mean, well, and they, they come up all the time with Derrick Rose, but they don't ever come up with Lance. Right. Right. Don't um, come up with Kobe either. Oh boy! All right, that's gonna. We were gonna talk about the Raptors, but Waz is eating, and we're <laughs> he just made a Kobe comment. So are, are we'll we save the Raptors gonna, for next time. We're not gonna talk about the fact that Kobe would have hit those free throws. I mean that. I love joke. that. I love no. that comment. It's probably true, but it's like yeah, but he would have shot way less efficiently. That's right. Would he, would he have hit that three at the end of regulation? Doubtful. Um, as bad as LeBron is on defense nowadays, he's still way better than the last, like, basically nine years of Kobe's life. Yo, oh, Kobe what? made, like, six all-defensive first teams after he stopped trying on defense. Uh, hey, man. You know what? I'm all about that. I like that, actually. I think oh, that... I think it's great. Good for him. Yeah. I think Ben Wallace's last defensive player of the year award was all reputation, not actual play on the court. Kobe Bryant was the Brandon Ingram of defenders. Oh, boy. All right. Or, <laughs> uh... Thank to four for Ethan Strauss, the robot edition for Tom Haverstroh, for Jared Dubin, for Big Waz, for Jade Hoy. I'm Zach Harper. Uh, Nerder, she wrote on Thursday. And his steak and cheese. Oh, we might be here tomorrow. Zach, we might be here. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, we might be here tomorrow. So, All right. Get into that. Cool. Maybe Dick. Forgot Jade was there for a second. Yeah, me too. Later. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hear about it from Boston. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Jeff.